Jewish audio on Chabad.org. So this week, something really cool is happening. Something very weird. Something that happens only once in a while. And that is as follows. We know that the weekly Torah portion follows the order of the yearly cycle. Every week we read another portion from the Torah until we complete the entire Torah on Simchas Torah. Now not always is there a direct revealed connection between the Torah reading and the date on the calendar that it ends up in. This week, however, something really fascinating is happening. You see, this week Shabbat is not only Shabbat, it's also Rosh Chodesh. It's the first day of a new month. The month of Menachem of The month which represents sadness, a month which represents a difficult period in Jewish history. Now here's where it's get really fascinating. There is a verse in this week's Torah portion, which states that on the fifth month, on the first day of that month, Aaron the high priest passed away. In other words, in this week's Torah portion, we are going to talk about the passing of Aaron, which took place on Rosh Chodesh Av, on the first day of the month of Av, and we are going to read that portion on that exact day on the calendar, which is pretty cool. It's not something that happens very often, and this, of course, demands of us to think about the meaning and the message here. And the question obviously is asked, why is it that the Torah gives us the actual date of the yard site of the anniversary of passing of Aaron? Did you know, front trivia question, that the only person in the entire Torah and the prophets in the thousands of years of Jewish history whose name, whose actual day of passing is written in the Torah is Aaron himself. Not Adam, not Noah, not Abraham, not Sarah, not Joseph, not David, not Moses. No one has their name written, the date of their passing written in the Torah. We have figured out when they have passed from other ways, but it's not explicitly written in the Torah. Aaron is the only one. Now, there must be a message here. There's so much to learn from this, but one very powerful teaching is as follows. You see, there's a very special message that the Torah is giving us, and that is like this. Aaron passed away on the first day of the month of Av. The month of Av kicks off with nine days of intense mourning when we mourn the destruction of the Holy Temple in Jerusalem. The Temple was our glory. It was the center point of Judaism. And it was destroyed, not once, but twice, on the ninth day of the month of Av. So we begin the month of Av in mourning and sadness. Now, why was the Temple destroyed? Our sages tell us that one of the primary causes for the Temple to be destroyed was Sinat Chinam, was unwanted hatred was the fact that the Jewish people simply could not get along with each other. Sounds familiar. We know the way it works. Constantly bickering, fighting, in conflict. This is the tremendous, tremendous tragedy of the destruction of the temple. That because we couldn't get along with each other as one people, as one family, that's why the temple was destroyed. And now we can understand why the Torah tells us the exact date of Aaron's passing. You see, Aaron and his life, Aaron HaKohen, Aaron the high priest, he represents the antidote, the cure, the, the way to fix the problem of the destruction of the temple and how to rebuild the temple. Because Aaron was all about kindness. It is well known that what was so unique about Aaron's life was that he dedicated entire being to bring peace and love among all people. There are many, many fascinating stories about Aaron's love and Aaron's dedication towards bringing peace among people. He would go over to people who were in a fight, and he would do whatever he can 
to make peace among them. He would tell one of them, I see your friend crying, he feels so bad of what he's done to you. And then he would tell the other one the same thing, I see your friend crying, and he feels so bad about what he's done to you. And by doing so, Aaron was able to create peace between all different people. Aaron's entire life was about bringing people together and about creating peace. And now we understand why the Torah tells us the date of Aaron's passing. Because on this date, the first day of the month of Av, when we're entering a time of destruction, now we are reminded that the best way to rebuild the temple is to be just like Aaron. What was so unique about Aaron? You see, by Aaron, there wasn't me and you. There wasn't a question about where am I in this picture? What is in it for me? For Aaron, we were all one being. We were two parts of one body. Just like you don't hurt your right hand because your left hand is upset at it, so too you don't hurt another Jew because you're upset or disappointed. Aaron truly understood and appreciated that we are one people. And that's why we see Aaron's tremendous dedication and commitment to every single Jew. And this is the message this week we have to remind ourselves as we read this portion. It is so important to remember, my friends, that we and you and I and you and you and I, we're one being, we're one person, we're one family, we're one body, we're one soul. This is the message that Aaron teaches us. And this is what I want you to take with you this week as we enter the month of Av and the time of sadness. Remember, we are all in it together. We are one people. And now for this week's story. This week's story is a powerful reminder how we are truly one people, one family, one body, one unit. And this story takes us all the way to the small island called Curaçao. Now, Curaçao is a Caribbean island where there are no, for many generations, there was no Jewish presence, very small Jewish community, and there was no Jewish school at the time of this story. And a young Jewish child was attending a local Protestant school. He had a very difficult time in school, because even though the home that he lived in was not very observant, but all the non-Jewish kids who he was surrounded by would pick fights with him, and he would feel that even the teachers and the principal was taking the side of the children. And finally, when he reached seventh grade, it just got too much. It was getting too difficult. The fights were getting more vicious. And his relationship with the principal and the teachers were getting more and more hostile. And he started skipping school. And he would spend his day just playing in the streets. One day, the principal called his father to the office and said, Why hasn't your son been coming to school in the last few weeks? And that's when... My father decided he has to do something about this. Either I go to school or I go to work. I can't just hang out in the streets all day. But the problem was that I didn't want to work and I didn't want to go to school and was becoming a real issue. And at that point, my father was terribly upset. He just didn't know what to do. And one night he had a dream. And in that dream, he saw himself sitting on his grandmother's lap. And his grandmother said to him, My beloved child... Anytime you're in trouble, the one who can help you is the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Now, my father never heard of the Lubavitcher Rebbe before. But the next morning, he went to the synagogue, which was a small little synagogue in the village where we lived. And he asked the caretaker to unlock the door. And he went over to the ark and he poured his heart out to God, saying, I don't know who the Lubavitcher Rebbe is. I don't know who to turn to. Please help me because I am a small Jew in a small island all alone. Now, in the meantime, my dear friends, as this story is taking place, miles away in Brooklyn, New York, on this January day in 1984, Rabbi Moshe Kotlarski, one of the assistants 
to the Rebbe's secretary. He's received a phone call at home from the Rebbe's chief secretary. Wash your hands, instructed Rabbi Chadakov, the Rebbe's chief secretary, which is a code cluing in Rabbi Kutlarski that the Rebbe himself was on the line. And then he says, the Rebbe wants you immediately to go to the island called Kurasho. Well, he doesn't ask any questions. He acts. He quickly finds a travel companion, a 17-year-old yeshiva student, and they book the next flight out to Curacao. Sure enough, my friends, they get to the airport. They have no idea where to go. They take a taxi and they say, please, take us to the synagogue. Well, sure enough, they take the taxi driver, takes him to his small neighborhood synagogue. Rabbi Kutlarski pulls up, and as he walks out of the taxi, he sees a man leaving the building. He approaches the man and says to himself, maybe he could be the one to help me. And he says, perhaps you can help me out here. We are emissaries of the Lubavitcher Rebbe. We came here to help the Jewish people. We are staying at the Plaza Hotel. Can you come with us and tell us about the local community? My dear friends, at that moment, this man, who was none other than the father of this child, almost fainted. He turned to Rabbi Gatlarski and said, do you understand what's going on over here? I just prayed at the Holy Ark, asking God to send me someone, send me someone. Maybe this someone could be a messenger from the Lubavitcher Rebbe, as per my dream for my grandmother. Please, what do I do? Help me. And he told him the story with his son. And sure enough, Rabbi Kitlarski sat down with the son. And he said to him, the first thing we're going to do is you're going to come back with me to New York and you're going to attend summer camp and you're going to attend yeshiva and we're going to take care of you. And this was like the answer to my prayers. Immediately I accepted the offer and I came all the way to New York and I joined the yeshiva. And then I went to the camp in the summer and it changed my life. And today I have a beautiful Jewish family. Well, my friends, this story is not over. Because shortly after my life was transformed because of the Rebbe's intervention, my father sent a letter to the Rebbe. And in the letter he said, Please, Rebbe, help. Thank you so much for helping me out and for being there to help a small Jew on a small island. And the Rebbe wrote back to me a note. And in the note the Rebbe said, I was pleased to receive your letter. And then the Rebbe says the following, I must, however, take exception to your referring to yourself as a small Jew from Carasso. Why? Because there's no such a thing, the Rebbe says, as a small Jew. And to quote the Rebbe's words, there is surely no need to emphasize to you at length that every Jew, man or woman, has a godly soul. And therefore, there's no such a thing as a small Jew. And the Jew must never underestimate his or her potential. My friends, Today, perhaps, the Karasa Jewish community has grown so much. In fact, after 366 years, the Jews of Karasa welcomed a permanent Chabad presence. Just a few years ago, Rabbi and Mrs. Silver, who are invigorating Jewish life on the islands. But the message of the story is, how could it be that the Rebbe felt the pain of this Jew, Chaim Groisman, who was crying in a small island of Karasa, thousands of miles away? The Rebbe felt that pain in Brooklyn, New York. And the Rebbe called the secretary and said, send someone right over. Our brother, our child, the other part of ourselves needs help because the Rebbe truly lived in a way that every single person was part of the family. And when your leg has pain, you feel it in your head. 
We need to live the same way, my friends. We need to feel the togetherness, the oneness, the unity. This is the message we learned from Aaron Cohen. And this Saturday, this Shabbat in synagogue, as we read the Torah portion and we say these words, on the first day of the month of Av, Aaron passed away. Let that be the reminder, the catalyst, to propel us to action, to do our part, to love another as ourselves. Shabbat Shalom.